Daily Show. Joining us now in our studios is the superintendent of Northfield Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Thank happy you. Tuesday to you and yeah, all our listeners out there. Yeah, I haven't seen you since last Friday. Friday I know, night, the yes. Rock and Roll Revival. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you go to every show? This I did. Year? You know, every time I go to that, it's been, I think I've missed the last couple of rock and roll revivals first so it's the first time six eight years or something that i've been to one and it's just amazing how you can get you know 100 150 students all knowing what they're doing and making that show run so smoothly and uh with such high production value and, and the spotlight on the talent i'm just amazed that uh, great job by everyone, you know, Ray Coudre and everybody else that's involved with that because it takes a lot of people. Yeah, I think that, uh, of course, we are so proud of the work that our cast and crew and directors did for Rock and Roll Revival. It's not, it's not something that lots of schools do. This is something that is, is uh, fairly unique to Northfield. And it, it, anyone who's been to the show just knows it's truly a, uh, an evening of, of pure joy. And I think, you know, you, you look at something like Rock and Roll Revival that I think really speaks to the spirit of Northfield. You know, we, I heard someone recently or, uh, talk about that we're Music City, Minnesota, that, the, you know, our focus on music in our community is, is so great. And I think this is one example of that. And, you know, we look at an event like this, Rock and Roll Revival, as uh, something we would call an authentic learning experience. So there's probably a few more than 30 numbers in the show, a couple and a half, you know, two and a half hours long. And so, you know, people who come to the show, we, we were at capacity crowds uh, six times in that middle school auditorium that sees just under 800 folks. So there's certainly, you know, interest in the community to come out and see, you know, this great rock and roll show. Uh, but you see, you know, there are probably 30 or so leads, you know, students who are the lead, and they do an amazing job. The talent is unparalleled. I mean, I think that anybody who went, uh, you you listen to one and you say, my gosh, can it get any better than that? And then it just keeps on coming. The talent keeps on coming, and whether it be the you know the leads on stage who are you know you know the main focus of the song or the uh, people who are doing the solos on pianos, and for people who are listening, this is an all student produced or student run. Um, rock and roll show it's a two and a half hour true rock and roll show and i say student produced and run the kids play all of the music they play lead guitar they play bass guitar they've got the drums they've got a horn section um there are keys there's you know all sorts of things there's choreography and amazing dancing you know with each number and so of course there are adults who support them and we thank ray Coudre and bob gregory bjork and bjorkland and sherry setchel and tanya legvold and roger um who helped with uh, the, uh, the Roger Fetty? Roger yeah. Fetty, who helped with uh, you know all of the audio. It's a it's a professionally produced show, but we th beyond the people who you see on the stage, you know, there's about a total of 130 kids involved in that production, and so there's one I think one number this time around that really exemplifies how many people are involved is there was a number songbird Grace Ryden uh, sang the song and Colin Thomas Green. Uh, played the grand piano. And so for this one song, you pull this grand piano out on stage, and then afterwards you take it back. And, you know, that just doesn't happen. You know, there are six kids that move that out and move that back, and there are kids who are working with the lighting. There are kids who are making sure that all the costumes are prepared and ready uh, for people to do their costume changes. So this is one of those events that when we talk about authentic learning, performing and when I say performing, I mean all the kids who sing, dance, play the music, but also do all that behind-the-scenes work. 
that's a little bit of pressure right in front of 800 people. And that kind of safe pressure and that kind of experience is something you cannot recreate in a classroom. And that these experiences that these kids had in this this production will mean a lot to them for the rest of their lives. And so when we talk about education, right, we often uh, think about uh, a lot of you know focus on academics, which we, of course, do. But these are the kinds of ex- educational experiences that we're able to provide here in Northfield that uh, prepare kids far beyond, you know, what the classroom is. It, it, they take what they've learned in the classroom and they're extending it and they're using it as a basis for, you know, how they're going to work with each other and how they're going to respond to pressure in the future. So just so grateful to all of the kids who gave Northfield, you know, such a regular experience. And after a couple of years of trying to navigate the pandemic, which we, of course, still are in some ways, in a lot of ways, we are still doing that. Um, I think for the people listening who were there, it was one of the most regular things that I think that we felt in some time. And so thanks for coming out and supporting these kids. And thanks to all the cast and crew and everybody who pulled off what was truly an amazing show. Yeah, absolutely. And it was good to see Tom McCowan there, too. Yes, yep. Who started it back in 1996. Correct. And, uh, I remember going to that and thinking, wow, man, he got the kids to do this. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Getting better every year. Every year. Hey, every other year now, though. <laughs> every other year. Too big yeah. to do every year. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the things that uh, you were you discussed last night or have going on with the school district. Uh, you have a partnership with St. Olaf. Uh, tell us about that. And this is really an extension of this discussion we just had about rock and roll revival and kind of feeling that there's some semblance of getting back to regular i'm intentionally not using the word normal because i don't think that we know what the next normal is going to look like as you know we continue to reshape uh coming out of the pandemic and and the other things that we've been through over the past couple of years but one of our six strategic commitments in our strategic plan uh, is partnerships And we have a lot of great partnerships. And the partnership that we highlighted last night during our board meeting announcements was a partnership that we have right now with St. Olaf College, uh, with a specific uh, class at St. Olaf College. And so um, geckos at Greenvale Park, our Greenvale Park students, they were uh, participating in a STEAM experience. And STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Mathematics. And so um, St. Olaf physics students and a professor, uh, uh, Eric Hazlitt, organize some specific hands-on experiments it's about taking about a month long so it's kind of a partnership between uh, robert garcia betsy mclaughlin those are fourth grade teachers ada liebhart teaches art at greenville park and kelly johnson is our science specialist and they're working with professor hazlitt and uh, their uh, physics students to be able to have this month's worth of celebration of science and learning and so uh, this focuses on that real lucky piece that we have to have these outstanding partnerships. This time we're highlighting St. Olaf. We have partnerships, obviously, with Carleton, the Northfield Historical Society, you know, all sorts of other folks in the community who come together to help us provide a real quality education for students. And again, in ways that I think sometimes people, you know, don't always think of as the the reading, writing, and arithmetic, if, if that makes sense, Jeff. So we want to highlight that we're getting back to those partnerships and, and STEAM, that science, technology, engineering, arts, and uh, mathematics piece is a really important component for our students to be prepared for lifelong success. Good program. And I know they, uh, being associated with some of those are at least more familiar with like the historical society. Correct. Valuable things for the students and Absolutely. great things for the for the adults as, as well. Let's move on. We talked to you the last couple of times you've been in about uh, budget prioritization and we're looking towards uh, the future with uh, the uh, uh, demographer predicting uh, slightly lower class uh, size, fewer yeah. students. You've continued on with the process. What uh, what have you done lately on that? 
Yeah, so just to recenter why we're doing it, mm-hmm. um, as you said, we have declining enrollment, projected declining enrollment of about 400 students uh, over the next 10 years. Uh, we also have, we've talked many times about, you know, three decades of underfunding of public schools, uh, per pupil basic formula increases that have not matched inflation the vast majority of the legislative sessions over that time. So you get those couple of things together and you just can't outrun that. 70% of our revenue is directly tied in some way, shape or form to student enrollment. So being good fiscal stewards, we are looking to make sure that we are adjusting our expenditures to meet the budget impact and that reality of fewer students. We've had over 60 uh, stakeholders come in together. That includes parents, community members without kids, uh, students and staff who have been coming together uh, to talk about how do we look at adjusting our expenditures. We have three budget teams. We have a team that's looking at the elementary school expenditures. We have a team that's looking at middle school, high school, area learning center expenditures, and a team that's looking at the district services expenditures. The district services team and the elementary teams finished their fourth and final meeting last week. We worked through prioritization. Again, what do we want to have? What are the things that are most important for us to fund so that we can meet the benchmarks that we have established, that we can meet those academic, those social-emotional learning benchmarks to make sure that the funding that we have is spent directly on what the community expects to see on its return on investment from its public schools. These are hard decisions uh, as you determine what to prioritize because while we are focusing on what to make sure that we fund first rather than the traditional thought process of what we cut, uh, the fact is you end up, you still can't sugarcoat. We're going to have about $4.5 million less of expenditures over the next two years. So we really can get to some excruciating discussions because everything that we have is valuable. We would not have a program if it doesn't have value to people uh, in our community. And so these are difficult decisions. And uh, we have always tried to say, yep, there are things that are valuable, but maybe we're not seeing the um, the achievement or the outcomes that we had expected. So you and I, you know, what we've talked over the years that we've sunset programs in the past, again, to try to do this piece of aligning our resources with what the community expects from us. Um, but we're at a point where we can't afford all the things that people would like moving forward. And as you know, we've been uh, routinely uh, praised for our fiscal management of the school district, including the AA plus bond rating, which is really one of the preeminent uh, external validations of the financial stewardship that we've had. But you cannot outrun uh, declining enrollment. You cannot run underfunding. And right now we cannot outrun the special education cross subsidy either, which I'll talk about in just a moment. The uh, you, you mentioned four and a half million in two years. That's uh, you're coming up to another budget cycle. Yep. So are those decisions going to be made? Uh, do they have to be made in the next two or three months? Yeah. So what you'll see, Jeff, is as we finish these teams, we'll bring a budget. We're going to have a work session with the board on uh, April 5th or 6th. We're finally finalizing that today to share with them and give them a more detailed update about the process. Um, our goal is on April 11th to be able to have a formal budget plan uh, to the board and then depending on uh, the complexity of how we phase these pieces, and we are in a good position of good fiscal health where we do have some strong reserves and we do have some uh, COVID relief funding that we have saved to where we can be thoughtful about phasing some of these adjustments. And so depending on the complexity of how we decide to adjust the, uh, phase them in, it would be either at the April 11th board meeting or the April 25th board meeting where we formally make the proposals of what would be reduced We will then have some kind of public forum uh, date to be announced yet where the public could come and comment on uh, what we are proposing. 
and then the board at their next meeting, again, either late April or the first meeting in May, uh, we'd ask them to finalize those pieces moving forward. All right. So uh, our listeners out there, if you're concerned with the school district, uh, district, if you have loved ones or kids or anyone in the school district, remember those dates. And we'll remind you here on KYMN. Uh, I wrote down here something about a task force, a high school task force, and... I don't know what that yeah, so <laughs> I don't if, know how to lead into that. What if is I this? can just do briefly before we go to the high school task force, yeah. just briefly on the special education cross mm-hmm. subsidies. So if people you talked about people if they have concerns, you know, about these budget meetings coming up. If people are concerned, there's one thing that the legislature could do for us right now that would dramatically ease all school districts in Minnesota's financial burden. And it is eliminating the special education cross subsidy. We've talked about this before. This means the services that we pay for from our general fund that are required services, I would argue they're morally imperative services for students with disabilities. But these services are of which are required, morally imperative, but unreimbursed. And right now for Northfield in fiscal 20, that was about $5 million of our general fund money that we spent on these required, um, but yet unreimbursed services that are really important to providing a quality education for our students with disabilities. The total cost to fund that across Minnesota with the legislature this year would be $781 million. They have 10 times more than that money in the surplus alone. The special education cross-subsidy has been something that has been really difficult for school districts to to navigate for a long time. It's a problem we've had forever. If people listening want to do something to help the school budget, call your legislatures and say, please make sure that you fund the special education cross-subsidy. That is what will really help us in terms of moving ahead at this point. So now I'll shift to the high school. Okay. So we are looking um, in 2018 when we passed the elementary bonds, we updated our elementary schools. As you know, we've talked about that a number of times. And it's time to update the plan for how we would consider moving forward with the Northfield High School facility. We're bringing together a task force of over uh, 40 community members, stakeholders from, again, uh, people in the community with kids, without kids, students, staff. Uh, We're working with Wold Architects and Knutson Construction to develop a facility plan. And what I'm going to be really clear about is this does not mean a new building. In fact, what we've given to the uh, task force is look at the existing facility, thinking about the kinds of maintenance, the kinds of inefficiencies that we see in the building, and the kind of educational inadequacies that we see, and recommend a plan that we could look at through renovation and or addition over the next 20 years. And so that could take a number of routes. Now, that doesn't mean that the school board down the line couldn't say, you know what, it's too much money to put into that old building or that building at this point. We might want to look at something different. That's a fairly simple calculation. We know we can look at what latest high schools cost per square foot. We can do a calculation to know what that costs. We're asking this task force to look at the existing facility because that's going to force creativity. It's going to force thoughtfulness about how do we use the existing facility that we have that we have taken such good care over the years, and are we able to put a plan together for the next 20 years that would make sure we keep up with the maintenance that would create or fix inefficiencies? So, for example, anytime that we can spend capital, operating capital money on things that would relieve um, the general budget, so oper- op- operational costs. So we have a building that sometimes, is, and if there isn't much, uh, there's not much insulation, for example, in the H-Wing. If that could be repaired, that would have a positive efficiency on our operational budget and would therefore help relieve some of the general fund pressure that we have. So we've got we've met once, we're planning to meet three more times. Again, charting the course of the future of what does the facility do well for us? 
what are the areas where we need to improve it, and what are the thoughts of what we could do to be able to do so. So that's where we're at. We're really just looking at creating a facility plan at this point. All right. And we look forward to talking to you about that in the future as uh, as the process uh, uh, moves along. Is there anything else you'd like to mention while we have you in here, Matt? I think we've covered enough for today, Jeff. I think we have. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. Uh, And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Have a great day, everyone. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. We're streaming online and tune in radio, and uh, you can even tell your smart speaker just to play KYMN. We'll be there for you.